Mawale for the win. Alike Ogunbowale wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Pino gets the crossing. He's towards one man. Twenty-one world championship medals. She is the greatest of all time. You just can't say it enough. Wow. Women singles champion Serena Williams. Large Williams into Bird in the corner. You bet. She's done it again. Sue Bird. It's WNBA semifinal season as we welcome you in to this week's episode of All In here on a rainy Friday from New York. Chris Persianen alongside Miles Grossman. Chris, it's playoff time. Doing an all WNBA episode is a pretty dreary day outside. But and the Fordham Lake, the Fordham Lake is back, folks. And yeah. if you were wondering <laughs> when it would next appear, if you were missing it, if you wanted to wade through Walsh Gate once more, mm-hmm. your time is now. The Fordham Lake, <laughs> Lake Fordham is back <laughs> soon. Lake Eddies and Lake Martyrs will be back. Yes. I mean, this is this is something, folks. Apparently, even even our own beloved studios could, you know, they're on they're underground. So yes, we're, we're hoping for the best here, people. Yeah, next two days <laughs> could get nasty. But WNBA. It's the story, I think, of of sports right now in terms of the MVP. Now, I understand NFL is going on. It's a big deal, but it's week three. Can't care more than, you know, like there's nothing. Baseball playoff races, maybe. Um, But to me, the MVP WNBA situation is the best story in sports right now. Why? Because somebody who lost the first place voting won the whole award. And she plays in Brooklyn. So lots to talk about here for us, Miles. It's true. You know, Brianna Stewart, first MVP in Liberty history. And before we get into the playoffs, we should discuss this because it it, it is pretty nuts. You know, I'm a big Asia Wilson fan personally, just because she's fun to watch. In my opinion, she is the face of the league. And she got third in this year's 2023 WNBA MVP voting, Alyssa Thomas taking second place. And of course, Brianna Stewart taking home the first in Liberty franchise history. And, you know, Chris, I think the biggest takeaway for me for this is that Asia Wilson last year's WNBA MVP took strides forward in pretty much every department. I'd say the cast around her, she has a solid cast, but they didn't take the same strides. If anything, the, the aces were able to solidify their spot at the top of the W because of Asia, yet she doesn't get the respect in the media voting. I'm a little confused about it. I mean, obviously, Alyssa Thomas is a player who's super versatile in her own right, super tough, and is probably does more for Connecticut in terms of, you know, what they would be without her more so than Brianna or Asia. You know what I mean? Both those top tier seeds could probably still be top tiers without their MVP in terms of Connecticut. There's no doubt about it. They're not a playoff team without Alyssa Thomas. So there's a couple angles uh, uh, looking at this, but nevertheless, I think it's pretty shocking that Asia ends up in the three spot. 
Yeah, a couple takeaways here, Miles. I think you hit on a lot of important stuff. First of all, I want to say um, it's a huge testament to Stewie's veteran experience playing at UConn, then dominating the WNBA for so many years, that she could go sign a huge deal in a new big city and you know be at the Fifth Avenue Apple Store for the launch of the iPhone 15 in less than a year and winning MVP. She she became one of the faces of New York City sports. And with the disadvantages that women's sports faces in today's sporting and, and general world, I think that's so impressive. So I want to throw some flowers over Stewie's way for winning this MVP in a new on a new team in a new city. New York City of all cities is really tough to go to and and keep cool and keep calm, but you know even through some tough playoff performances, I don't think she ever got to a point in the the series against the, the Mystics or even against Connecticut where like her shots were terrible or, you know, like there, there's, there's a sense of calm and collectedness that I think just comes from her being such a vet. Uh, so props to her. Now, Miles, you talked about, you know, if you subtract, if you subtract, what are you left with? I think this is the second angle to consider. So, the first angle to consider is always who's the best player on the best team? Who is the best player on the best team? Now, if this is your angle, record-wise, your pick should be Aja Wilson. However, the end of the season, the Liberty really started to pick things up, and the Aces looked like they were stuck on the treadmill a little bit. They looked like they couldn't get out of their own way. You know, uh, it got to a point where near the end of their regular season when shots weren't falling and and turnovers were happening they almost started playing like a team that had never played together before and so i can understand voters looking at that and saying hey the best team is the liberty their best player is brianna stewart that's who i'm going to give my vote to so i understand that angle then there's the angle of taking the award titularly you know nominally at, at, at name value who is the most valuable player that's where AT comes in. And then, you know, you look at record, who's the best team on paper? It's the Las Vegas Aces. Who's the best player in the league on paper? It's probably Asia Wilson. So this is a rare situation where there were three candidates that I was like, any of them could win and it actually makes sense. I think a lot of times, you know, you look back at some infamous MVP races, whether it's in the NFL or in the WNBA or in the NBA, I always think about, Westbrook Harden Leonard um Westbrook won it most writers were thinking Harden and I thought it should have been Leonard <laughs> so um one of those real like I didn't think Westbrook deserved it and there was but the most valuable thing worked out but here's the thing though that Thunder team was a 60 the Sun are no 60 so <laughs> this is not just a super valuable player the team would stink without them situation for AT it's a the team's really good because of her actually situation. Now, Dewana Bonner, Hayes, these 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 gals are fantastic, right? But I actually get the case for all three. My ballot personally would have been Wilson one, Stewart two, Thomas three, and that's because I think the most valuable name value thing is just not how the award works. So we should stop trying to make it a thing. I didn't think Westbrook should have won that MVP. I wouldn't have given this one to Thomas, you know, like whatever, however you want to put it. Um, but Asia or Brianna should have won it to me. I, I would have gone Asia. Congrats to Brianna.
Yeah, I mean, I, I'd agree with you that, you know, my voting would have gone very differently than than this as well. And I went to a lot of Liberty games this year. Don't get me wrong. I saw the greatness in person. There were times where you'd see Brianna Stewart perform and you'd just be in awe. You know, you saw those 45 pluses and then, you, you know, you, that, that, that you'd be like, OK, this is this is an MVP caliber player. There were other times where Stewart was off. And you and the, and Liberty would fall flat, and I think that speaks to two things. You know, the volatility of Stewie, first of all, and second of all, the dependence of the Liberty upon Stewie, because that's obviously, you know, you could make the case that Stewie's the least ha- has the best cast around her, the least necessary for the Liberty, as opposed to Asia with the Aces and Connecticut with Thomas. Right? She's you. You could really make the case she's the three by that argument. But at the same time, when she was off, the, the Liberty were off and off. So I think, you know, there, there's two ways of looking at that. But personally, my MVP voting would have gone as follows. Asia Wilson as the one, which is why it shocks me that she got the three. Probably Alyssa Thomas at the two, simply because what she means to the Connecticut Sun. And then Brianna Stewart at the three. She's an MVP caliber player. I don't believe she was the MVP this year. And I, I was pretty darn shocked when I saw what, what came out just because, you know, it, it made me kind of think that the, the Liberty super team media kind of attention had contributed, if that makes sense. It, how, how there's been a lot of hype. That's and- something new. Yeah, something new and exciting exactly, for the right? People are kind of sick of Asia. People are kind of used to Asia. People expect Asia Wilson to be exactly who Asia Wilson was this year. People don't expect the New York Liberty to do this. You know, so I think that newness factor, the the, the novelty of it is certainly to be to be discussed. But, you know, there, there's a lot of ways of looking at it. Congratulations to Brianna Stewart. I don't want to sound like a hater because I saw a lot of Brianna Stewart greatness. Brianna Stewart is a fantastic player, but I think, you know, we'll see. I think the last couple of days throughout this WNBA playoffs, she hasn't been her best self and she's going to need to prove it to me over the next couple of weeks that she's an MVP on a championship caliber team. And Chris, she's still has that work to do over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, that's part of this, Miles. You talk about when she's off, the Liberty are off. I felt like the Liberty's best stretch of the season came when they found out how to survive those tough performances from her. Yeah, she takes shots from outside. Those are lower percentage shots. As a result, her shot diet is more volatile than someone like a Jonquil Jones. Now, I think Jonquil is super steady for them. When Stewie is off, her and JJ still bring it on defense. I think they each allow each other to be so great defensively. I think the combination of Stewart and Jones is why the Liberty are so tough inside. However, I also really do think that you take Brianna out of the equation. You still got Vandersloot and Ionescu and Laney, and you'd have a presence in Jones, and you'd start, I guess, Thornton, maybe. Or Marine. <laughs> um, Whatever, whatever you're I think, feeling. I think you'd start Thornton at the four and, and Jones at the five. Um, and and so, I mean, Brondello's been pretty clear about who she thinks the most important reserve is with the minutes mm. distribution. It's pretty clear it's KT to her. Um, but yet to start, though, if I'm not mistaken. 
correct, but mm-hmm. more minutes than Johannes off the bench, like mm-hmm. every single game. And it's not, mm-hmm. I don't think it's, it's like 15 to five, you know, like it's not yeah. super close at this point, at this point, for sure. Against the two teams they've matched up against. Um, so, I, you know, it's super interesting with the Liberty. I think you take a look at how Brianna's played in the playoffs. It's a lot of that volatility. It's a lot of long distance shots going up. She's trying to keep the defense honest. I do think there's value to that, right? When you have UNESCO so elite off the ball, I'll say it elite off the ball. Um, having Stewie being someone who can take shots for her to feed off of. Sure. That, that, that's helpful. But at a certain point, when, when Stewie's making these plays, the ones that in particular peeve me are the ones where it's an isolation look for her, where she's dribbled the ball up the court and just wants to pull from above the, from, you know, the top of the key. Usually uh, late in games, right? I see that second half and want to see it first half. And that's what yeah, frustrates me. It feels hero ball to me. Mm-hmm. And I think the Liberty have too much talent as we've discussed for that to be viable. Um, Asia, that kind of doesn't happen to her because she dominates inside. So, her volatility is is lower, right? She's more of a sure thing because she's money from the mid-range and we know that she dominates and draws a ton of fouls inside because of how physical she is. So I do think there's something to Asia's game translating to the playoffs better. However, MVP, regular season award, Miles. So yeah, Brianna does have to show us over the next couple of weeks that you know she deserves the title over these players that she's literally going up against, right? Like if she beats AT, then she has to face yeah. Asia. Yeah. So the gauntlet is happening for all of them, <laughs> right? Yeah. If you are Brianna, Asia's the only one who has escaped the gauntlet. Because if you're mm-hmm. AT or Brianna, you've got to face the other two of the big three. Yeah. And so that's pretty tough. That's going to be amazing to see. I- I'm going to, pun intended fully here, full transparency, I'm going to s- suggest we pivot to the match yes. of two of these titans Brianna and AT, but to me, the stars of the series, Jones and Vandersloot and Dewana Bonner. Let's talk Liberty. Yeah. Let's talk Sun. No, I'm I'm glad you said that, Chris. So, you know, Liberty Sun game three is tonight. It's 1-1 overall. It'll be this time on the road at Mohegan Sun, Uncasville, Connecticut. It's a different environment than Barclays in, in all situations, by all means, the Sun came to New York and did their job. They split the series so far in New York. And, you know, Chris, tonight, the New York Liberty are only four-point favorites, which kind of surprises me. But let's break down game one and game two real quick. How did we get to this 1-1 game three situation? Game one, the Sun came into Barclays the better team, 78-63. Stewart was off. Benajelani was absolutely terrible. The Liberty were held to two points throughout the entire four four first four twenty, if I'm not mistaken. Of I I know I'm not mistaken. First four twenty two points for the New York Liberty, and and when you do that, you're not going to win a ball game. You can't split half a quarter with two points, it's, it, especially against a team like the Connecticut Sun. And obviously, Connecticut had a lot to do with that. Their defensive effort was just stellar. They're long. They're lengthy. They're they tough. wanted it. They, they, they wanted play it. as a unit. It, it, it it's going to be a tall challenge. And and you know credit to Liberty, they come back and they win in game two, Chris. I mean, what were the biggest differences between these two? And first of all, what went wrong in game one? I think game one, the Liberty came out as a team of five starters and a couple bench pieces. Um, And that's a good thing to be a team. Here's the problem. They went up against a machine and we know who the engine of that machine is. It's Alyssa Thomas. She showed it in game one. How? Well, she only scored eight points. To me, that's showing you're the engine. 
because you still put up seven rebounds and get this 10 assists. Yeah, you're making things run. You are the straw that stirs the drink. And when you have Beck Allen, little revenge situation for her against her former New York Liberty, putting up 18 and seven, you get 12, seven and two from Tiff Hayes, 12, two and four from Hedeman. This is really solid, like machine-like contribution. The bench scored eight points for the Sun. This was all the starters, man. And the star of the game for me, Dewana Bonner, 20 points, seven rebounds, three assists. The threes she was making were coming from so far out that it allowed the Sun offense to really operate a bit differently with a bit more confidence. You take a look at game two, Bonner, 19 points again. Tiff Hayes, 30 points. And Alyssa Thomas, 10, 8, and 9 assists. She's always a triple-double threat. I thought she was going to get the triple-double after seeing Brianna get handed the MVP in front of her pregame, but she didn't make that happen stats-wise because the Sun only scored 77 points to the Liberty's 84. And, and what happened in Game 2 was the Liberty, they gave up on the being a team of superstars, and they moved into their machine mode. And what this allowed them to do was acknowledge that, yeah, Laney has advantages physically when she's driving and cutting inside. So she finished with 20 points, four rebounds, and three assists. Oh, yeah, Sabrina probably should have the ball in her hands a little more. Sloot probably could be scoring a little more. So instead of Sloot, who in game one had seven points, six rebounds, and seven assists, you know, having a triple single... Well, in game two, she had 19 points and then three rebounds and four assists. Still stuffing the stat sheet in those R and A categories, but we got the scoring from Slut and Sabrina with 21 of her own, five assists too. They made her much more ball dominant. They said, all right, we got to switch up our approach here. We got to stop trying to force these shots to Stewie, who finished with 11, 11, and five assists. 11, 11, and five is awesome. That's awesome. Give me that over 21, you know, five and three where she's shooting 38%, right? So I think the Liberty gave up on being a team of a couple superstars, a couple starters, a couple role players, and they just said, we got to move like a machine. Whoever's open is getting the rock. We're going to trust them to make a play. That's how you get Benajelani scoring 20 points as opposed to three. Yeah, and I think what we saw in game one was, you know, Benajelani was straight up off. You could make, you know, Plenty of hypotheses about why you think Laney was so off, but wasn't in her mode, right? Couldn't even stand at the free throw line and hit free throws with her usual confidence. She just looked off. And that, you know, and that's gonna happen. And then in, in game one, what I think what happened with Stewart was early on was pretty passive. You know, it uh, wasn't really asserting herself much. And then late in the game, because of those shooting struggles against Washington, I don't think you can make to... a case, right? Maybe a bit, of, bit of a lack of confidence, even. And then, you know, coming out in the, you know, coming off of that, she's so different. It, 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 I think, you know, in game two, she asserts herself a little bit early, picks her spots well. Because what happened late in game one, she's trying to overcompensate for being passive early. And then she starts to play, like you said a little bit earlier, that hero ball, forcing uncomfortable looks. And I don't think she ever gets in that forcing mojo without that early passive basketball, but able to be more balanced in game two. And I think tonight it's going to, it's going to need a lot of that, Chris. We're going to need some balanced Brianna Stewart play, not trying to do too much. And then, of course, you know, 
but Nigelani can't have nights like that if she's going to take. I think she started off one for nine from the field, one for eight from the field. You know, she's a high volume shooter, and if she's going to play that role, she can't have off nights in the WNBA semifinals. The Connecticut Sun are a squad that you just can't really take a night off against. You, you can't have a poor shooting nights and night and beat the Connecticut Sun. So tonight, you know, on the road, it's it, it's it's a tall task, and you know. Stewart finally coming alive, finally hitting a three, getting a little loose late in game two. I think, you know, it hasn't been her series in, in regards to Brianna Stewart, and she's going to have to come alive. Uh, but that game three, that's tonight, game one of the doubleheader. But now we'll pivot a little bit, move over to our other series, Asia Wilson and the Las Vegas Aces facing oh. off against the Dallas Wings, the final four teams left. Chris, the Aces have been pretty dominant so far. They lead this one 2-0, and Asia Wilson has, you know, looked a little pissed off, looked a little angry, and, and proved that she's a real MVP candidate, and it was and it was possibly a bit of a snub there. What have you seen in games, games one and two? Well, listen, man, she comes out game two the day that Brianna gets the MVP. Zero assists. <laughs> yes, I'm doing this myself. Zero assists, 30 points. That is hilarious, objectively. Let's start there. That is so funny. <laughs> like, we just we just start there. Game one, though. Okay, let's break it down. Dallas bringing it from everywhere. Howard, double-digit score. Sabali, double-digit score. Ogumbawale, double-digit score. Crystal Dangerfield, you guessed it. And Odyssey Sims, you guessed it. Oh, and Kalani Brown off the bench, you guessed it. So all double-digit scores for Dallas – amounted to 83 points their problem the aces are the the most freaking super firepowered team i've seen play in the wnba chelsea gray had 13 points that's nice right well okay Uh, jackie young she dropped 19 10 and 7 assists oh and kelsey plum she had 25 5 and 4 oh and asia had 34 points in a rebounds that is more than a bunch of double-digit scorers. That's th- two 25-point scorers, three 19-point scorers. You know, I just – it's different for the Aces. It's different for them. It's different. They operate on a different level. Um, and a team like Dallas, I mean, you can talk about Dallas. They got the the feisty guard in Dangerfield. They've got their franchise talent in Enrique Ogumbawale, their franchise number one option, good perimeter defender – and her her running mate, Satu Sabali, the unicorn, right? Natasha Howard, the experienced vet, Macau, and the gigantic presence inside. And it's just, it's not close to enough. Mm-hmm. It's not close to enough in game one. The Aces win by 14, and they absolutely overpower the heck out of those wings. But you swing over to game two miles, and Dallas only lost by seven, which, mm-hmm. yeah, Unfortunately, that is a crowning achievement against a team like Las Vegas. Um, 30 points for Asia Wilson, no assists. Chelsea Gray with 23 and eight assists. So you saw the ball moving really, again, Chelsea always dropping dimes. Jackie Young, almost a double-double herself. So really just showing, like, this to me was like the aces out-talenting the wings. This was not them having some scoring barrage of a game. This was not them going so crazy and the the wings couldn't handle it wings lost by seven tasha howard had 20 and 10 arike had 24 okay and tiara man she had 12 and 10 so this is not some game where where dallas laid down 
Dallas really gave it a great shot. I think the Aces just were able to lean back on their talent and say, okay, but we actually are better than you, so watch this. That stinks, right, for Dallas. That stinks that a team can just kind of turn on that gear and be like, okay, what we're doing isn't working, so we're going to go into cruise control and play whoever offense, and that's just going to win us the game. That's demoralizing if you're Dallas, okay? But when you've got Enrique and Satu on your side, you really, really got to just see these lumps as like development chips, right? Points for development. I wouldn't be too stressed about losing this series if I were Dallas. I also do think the aces might just sweep them out because this is getting nasty, nasty, man. This is the fact that the aces were able to lean back in cruise control and coast to the win seven points. That's bad news for Dallas. Yeah. And I think, you know, they faced off tonight, nine 30 Eastern it's in Dallas and I'd agree with you, Chris. I think this will be that. I think they wrap it up in three, and the Aces will have a little bit of rest before they have to face off against potentially a New York Liberty team that's going to have to battle with Connecticut. That could become a theme. This is going to be a taxed New York Liberty team, and Las Vegas Aces are going to be sitting back, relaxing at home, watching it on TV. Because, you know, Dallas is a team that extremely talented. Obviously, they need a lot of consistency at a Satu, Arike, and Tierra McGowan. Tierra down low, you know, is is a big body. Her and Brown. Her and Brown are key. Yeah. But you see a lot of inconsistency this series out of her. To be honest with you, Tierra McGowan is someone who I I thought, you know, she was going to play this big role in this series, and she hasn't shown up in my eyes. You know, the potential is there, but just the, the finishing around the rim hasn't been there. And, you know, it, it takes the, the Dallas Wings playing their absolute best basketball to compete against a squad like the Las Vegas Aces. And, I mean, especially when you got a pissed off Asia Wilson just ready to give you 30. I mean, she wants to give you 30 out of personal pride, not even, it, it, you know, it, it's a tough matchup. But I think, nevertheless, it's going to be the Aces moving on, whether it's tonight or whether it's in two nights. I think the Aces are are, are destined for, to you know head back to the WNBA Finals. The question remains, though, Chris, who will they face? I think that's really really the big discussion. But that game seven thirty tonight should be fun. But before we wrap up this week's episode of All In, Chris, I want to get into expansion. A lot of media attention. Mm. Allegedly, the Golden State Warriors are bringing a WNBA team to Chase Center in San Francisco. No deals ironed out yet no details ironed out yet it might not be this year it might not be next year i think you know these things come in twos and it's portland and looking at vancouver as another option looking at two west coast spots but chris i mean we've been talking about this for a long time why can't the wnba get it done this time it seems it's going to be the nba getting involved and finally making something happen yeah, can I throw out again that the Sacramento Monarchs come back? <laughs> Man, Sacramento is a hot No spot one's talking about it, Chris. I hate to for, say it. <laughs> for passionate basketball fans right now. So listen, dude, send someone over east and add two teams to the west. That's my solution. Um, I think the WNBA is facing a, a nasty cycle. And the cycle goes as follows. You can step in wherever you want in the cycle. I'm just going to describe it like this. Part A. We should invest in women's sports. Women's sports are great. Women's sports are equal and awesome. 
All right. Part B of the cycle. Wow. Looking at these financials for investing in women's sports, it doesn't seem too profitable. And look at all these teams. Look at all these teams waving their first round picks. This doesn't seem like a business I want to get into. Mm-hmm. All right. Part C of the cycle. You ready for this? Wow. I wish the league would expand and someone would invest in our players more so that we don't have to keep waving these first round picks because there's only 12 gosh darn teams and, and 11 roster spots or yeah. something like that. 12. So 12 roster spots. So, hey, what are we doing here? We're shooting ourselves in the foot, um, but we really need someone to step up and invest because this really stinks. And then part D of the cycle is uh, also part A, where someone's like, oh, well, you know, someone should invest in women's sports. They're awesome. And they're stuck in this rut where it's like, yeah, you'll get more investors when you get more teams. You get more teams when you get more investors. Ah, (laughs) it's bad. But an NBA team stepping in and saying, hey, we want an affiliate. We want to help out here. Um, This is essential. This is crucial for the league. And, you know, you see one more team step up. Uh, hopefully it's the Kings for, for my agenda purposes, even war purple today. Um, <laughs> so basically do it, get it done, mm-hmm. add the two teams, spend the money now, reap the benefits later, watch it happen, reap those benefits later. You are going to want to lose now if it means gaining so much more later to set up your league, to set up your finances to have more jerseys available. What is there, 144 jerseys right now? Jesus Christ, that's ridiculous. And then everyone makes fun of the WNBA when a first-round pick gets cut, and it's like, well, they weren't good enough to be one of the top 144 (laughs) women basketball players on the planet. Mm -hmm. That's okay, you know, but there should still be a home for them in the league because we see problems where teams have to play seven-woman rotations because of injury in the playoffs, and it's just like, Get another roster spot and get me two more teams. How about yeah. that? No, I I really hear you, Chris. And I think, you know, the, the biggest thing that comes to mind when I think about a San Francisco or a Portland or a Vancouver is, you know, the fan bases are waiting for it. The, it. There's no doubt about it. There are enough women's basketball fans in these metropolitan cities to support these franchises. I mean, you see it with the Liberty. You win, they will come. We've never seen liberty get this kind of hype in the new york media landscape never really filled out barclays like this now they are i think you're gonna see that in 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 a lot of cities moving forward but you know it's been a fun wnba season no doubt about it that the league is taking the necessary strides forward and in past years i was more cynical about the pace at which it was all occurring this year i'm a little bit more confident i think you know the the wnba is doing what they can. And in past years, I did not feel that way. But but now, you know, Kathy Engelberg is a commissioner who seems to have it under control for the first time in a while, or at least presenting that front. And to get a city involved in the Bay Area would mean a lot. Obviously, they come in twos. It'll be interesting to see. I know Philadelphia has been a little bit of the conversation. Of course, Portland definitely has the fan base. Vancouver as well. That's kind of where the hype is. But That'll really do it for this episode in All In. Tonight, a doubleheader in the WNBA semifinals. The Liberty in Connecticut for Game 3. They're four-point favorites. They'll be 7.30 p.m. on ESPN2. And then the nightcap, Aces in Dallas, Game 3. They're up 2-0. 
Las Vegas, only six-point favorites on the road, Chris. Interesting. A tiny spread there. But he's been Chris Persian, and I've been Miles Grossman. Thanks so much for listening on this week of All In. As always, All In is a production of WFUV Sports.